are good because they start out just like mid conversation talking about something funny. Those are good, but um, I find that when I hear those, I can't tell if I'm listening to the middle of a <laughs> podcast or not. Welcome aboard, Scott. Ahoy, ahoy. So the only news I have is news. It's actually your news that you've been you've been collecting some Nintendo's cartridges lately. Is that your new kick that started up like yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. The first thing I I like is that it, it sounded like you said collecting Nintendos, <laughs> which I'm, is. Yeah. <laughs> Are you collecting Nintendos? Yeah, um, I had a series of events that took me into a retro game store. And what I discovered there is that people are making Nintendo games, like new Nintendo games, and hmm. uh, releasing those with boxes, like the same form factor as the originals. Mm-hmm. And that really just captured my imagination, so... I say I'm back uh, casually. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, by boxes, you just mean like the the cardboard boxes that they come in. Yeah, like if you were to look at it, you'd think, oh, this could be a game that was made in, you know, 1984 when everything was better, right? Right. That's that's why we're trying to capture that that feeling again. Um, yeah, the the games I was looking at it was uh, Haunted Halloween '85 and Haunted Halloween '86. And the games are actually pretty fun. Um, but to tie that back to to this podcast, I also picked up Pinbot uh, in the box. CIB is, I believe, the terminology that's used. Cartridge in box. So I think that's what it means, but it might also mean cartridge instructions box. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? Yeah. I could, I could see either one being correct. But yeah, I have a... A CIB pinball full package. Uh-huh. So full package. That's cool. The only pinball game I played in on NES was pinball, which was pretty good if I remember correctly. Yeah, pinball. Those little rollovers up I, top. Yeah, yeah. I think there's another one too. I'll, you know, next time we do a podcast, I'll give you another report on all of the Nintendo Entertainment System pinball machines. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool, too, if there were any new ones that came out, too. They should be making new Ooh. Oh, yeah. Man, what a great way to uh, take that notion of there should be an X pinball machine and actually make it happen in a way that, you know, 100 people would actually play (laughs) (laughs) at home in their basements, and that's it. Yeah, I think if someone was making x game right now they wouldn't be doing it for nes they'd probably more likely be doing it for ios or android yeah good point maybe it'd have a retro look to it but they wouldn't go to all the trouble to have it on a a c and then put it in a b yeah yeah (laughs) uh is that really the only thing that's going on between the two of us that's our news I couldn't, well, I mean, I was trying to think of pinball-related ones, and I don't get out much and play pinball, so I definitely answer a lot of pinball-related emails, map but tech, I don't know if that's exciting tech, to talk about. Tech. I remember, like, we originally wanted to record this episode maybe a month ago, and we never got around to it, and uh, all this stuff felt more pressing and 
annoying and sad back then. And now it's kind of, I feel like we've moved on a little bit, but we did have like a really, a bad couple months in pinball map land in terms of just like site performance. Let's recount this saga that we went through. Didn't it seem like we just had some like string of bad luck? Yeah, maybe I think so. Maybe I think maybe you know yeah. some of it was bad luck. Um, some of it was other <laughs> other stuff. Some choices were made. Uh, <laughs> yeah, choices. <laughs> it wasn't just luck, right? Uh, which one do you want to yeah. start with? Uh, I'll just I'll start with the DNS stuff because that kind of cascaded to everything basically and so you know and i'm not the most tech guy out there so i don't have a great understanding of what dns even is but it's kind of like how do you describe it it's like yeah it's like there's a there's a few trusted um i'm trying to think of a smart way to explain this there's like a few trusted entities on the internet more than a few and what they do is they keep a record of how to translate a human readable request into a IP address and they they're in charge of of that routing um so at the end of the day we pay somebody to say pinball map translates to this string of numbers uh, all right so here's what happened and back in the summer there were a couple this is a weird way to start this story but this is relevant the back in the summer there were a couple mass shootings in the US <laughs> <laughs> and they found that the shooters were uh, you know festering on a website called 8chan and what happened was that the I think it was like the domain host that hosted 8chan dropped 8chan and another domain host popped up and a dom- it's like a domain host slash a site that does the, like manages their ddos type stuff if someone's trying to take them down they're protected so whoever had been protecting them dropped them and they got immediately picked up by another company said that said we'll we'll take you on we'll we'll support you eight chan and that company was called epic so that happened right after the shootings and then we realized Epic is our domain host that we've been using for eight or 10 years or so that, you know, we don't really interact with. They're just like, our, our, they don't host our website. They just host the domain. Heroku hosts our actual website. So we don't have to do much with Epic, but it was a bummer. I didn't like that uh, we were giving money to this company that like embraced 8chan with open arms. So we decided or I guess I made the decision you supported me there to switch <laughs> to a different uh, host, domain host. And, you know, that's just a matter of transferring the domain. And I have other websites that I use on a different host called uh, Lunar Pages. So I was just like, eh, I might as well have them all in one place. And we shifted it over. And then the DNS stuff happened where... The, the, the real short story basically is like there, one of the records we have to use is called an A record and an A record only accepts an IP address. But since we use Heroku for our website, Heroku doesn't give us an IP address. You have to use an actual domain. So instead of using an A record, you use an alias of an A record. And that was fine on Epic, but Lunar Pages did not provide that service and we didn't realize it. 
Um, and it took like a day of basically the site being down half a day, maybe for us to realize that the DNS was totally messed up and couldn't be fixed. I, 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 at that point I had to give up. I said, forget it. That was, you know, I'm not a DevOps guy and this is just way too much and there doesn't seem to be a solution. So I took my principles and put them in my back pocket and, uh, transferred back to Epic and that transfer was denied. You can only make one transfer of a domain every 60 days. And this is like some like international organization that manages all this stuff. And there's no getting around that. It's not like Epic saying no, or it's not Lunar Pages saying no. It's Yeah, I wonder why. Like, I assume it's for like fraud prevention or something like that. Yeah, it must be. So the way to get around that temporarily is to point our name servers to the Epic name servers. So the domain is still hosted on Lunar Pages. The name servers are pointing at Epic, which we did. And that solves like uh, 75% of the the problem. And, but the problem is it's just like DNS is such a weird beast where like if you make a change... They're like, thanks. You'll see the you'll see the effect of that change within seventy two hours, and so you don't really know if what you did worked or not for days, and what, and you don't know if a problem you're seeing is just like a temporary thing that's automatically going to resolve itself in a couple of days. Right, uh, and yeah. it's you know uh, what I'm not I'm not very DevOpsy uh, myself, but I've been trying to be DevOpsy since like the late nineties. And this is technology that doesn't seem to have changed. <laughs> like, it's it's just as frustrating now as it was before. Um, I think Amazon has a good solution with this thing called Route 53. Hmm. Um, but we're not fully plugged into that ecosystem right now. So, yeah, it's no. super, super hard to debug, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, and so the the main thing that happened are are problems that occurred during this, and that then ended up occurring for the next sixty days, is that uh, the website domain would st- like randomly not work. So the it, and it would only not work if you did not have www in front of it. But then the www version would always work. That was like consistently working, and the other non www. W1 was just like all over the place for 60 days. So the app uses our API, which is on our domain, and that is that points to the, the non-WW dot version. So we immediately had to update the app and roll out new updates to just have three three W's in there. So that's a really easy fix. And you know, I I think I've I think this was on like a podcast that we recorded that didn't end up um, working. We had a glitch, but I, at one point I I thought I talked about how I thought the app store app store connect, which is like the interface that you use for releasing an iOS app was cool. I just like thought it was neat, especially to think that like, you know, this just garbage interface that we're using is like the same garbage interface that, Amazon uses when they release their app and Google and stuff, they're all sitting there staring at this terrible interface. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like, I don't know. I thought that was cool. I thought I was like, 
they don't have special access. They don't have some slicker version. They just have the same janky thing that we do. It's egalitarian. Do you think that's yeah. true? Do you think that's true though? Or do you think there's some like <laughs> <laughs> there's some enterprise version of the app store? Uh, I'd say I wouldn't be surprised if there was an enter- or like, you know, here's our beta one we're working on and you guys get access to it. So I I'm sorry this is this is like a a digression for a minute here, but I am, you know, I'm a I'm a Mac user. I have an iPhone. Um, I have a Mac laptop. I like iPad. Macs. I have an iPad. Well, my kids have an iPad now. Um, it is shocking to me how crappy the uh, Apple Store is for developers versus the Google Play Store. It's still called Google yeah. Play, right? Yeah. Google yeah, seems yeah. to have like, I don't know what they're up to, but it's it's leaps and bounds beyond what Apple does. Very confusing. If there's any Apple developers who who want to explain explain yourself, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why has an App Store Connect changed in ten years? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. So, you know, that's all all setting up for. I had kind of rosy rosy glasses on when I used that App Store Connect, and uh, even though nothing has changed in the interface, I'm just more pissed off now at the. Uh, just the process of releasing an update where your update is three characters, www added to it. On Google Play Store, it takes one second. You just upload it and they're like, thanks, it's right. being released now. And on the App Store, they they review this update for two days. I think it was like three days. So there's no quick fix on things like this where our app is suddenly broken and we want a quick little patch out there. Three days, and then they reject it. In this case, they rejected it because we had links to our Patreon on the app, and that's not allowed. And even though we had links that the last like six times we released updates, and they they didn't flag that this time, they flagged that. You know, you're only supposed you're only allowed to make payments through their payment service, so they can take a cut from it. Also, also we have to pay them a hundred dollars to do all this. Where Apple's or where Google's just like, yeah, uh, <laughs> thirty bucks for your whole life. And this is like, you know, it's for donations. It's not like we're making money off this. Mm-hmm. So they rejected it, and then this is where I guess this is where their their app store interface sucks. It's because they have like you can reply to their rejection, and then you can also click a button that like formally uh, asks for a re review. And it's and what I found was that they actually do do a re review if you just reply. So I was like, why do you have these two buttons that are, it's unclear when you need to do the the formal one and when you could just say like, hey, look, I fixed this. I don't know. It was just, it it really annoyed me. Quick story about that. Um, Drew and I, Drew Marshall, the artist, uh, person Mm -hmm. who does the nice art for the app. um, Him and I did an app once called iHodor. And this was like at the height of Game of Thrones. Uh, Yeah, spoilers are, those are past. We're past that window. This is like right around when Hodor died. And so we put out this thing, I Hodor, which is a really nice rendering of Hodor where you could like uh, take a photo of yourself and it would superimpose your face over Bran 
and a brand was like riding on his back. Um, and, and the other feature of the app was if you talk to Hodor, uh, when you were done talking, he would just say Hodor back to you. Mm -hmm. Like I think Drew and I recorded like 10 different Hodors (laughs) and one would randomly play. And that was it. That was the entire app and it was free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we released it on the, or we tried to release it on the Apple store. They rejected it. They said that there was not enough content for it to be released to the app store. So those two features weren't enough. And, you know, I hear myself saying it now and I agree, it doesn't seem like enough, but back then we were really capturing the moment, you know? Yeah. And it's like, funny. I mean, yeah. it was like, a, it was kind of a play on Siri, wasn't it? Like you ask it a question and right. it just responds with Hodor. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so anyway, why I'm bringing this up is I appealed. I did that same appeal process that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, got an email that was like, appeal denied. <laughs> if you'd like to appeal again, do this thing. So I did. And then they called me. Mm-hmm. Some person called me from Apple and he was like, hey, I'm doing an appeal for your case. What's your story? And I was like, well, you know, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> you know, that show Game of Thrones. And he's like, like totally not uh-huh. entertained at all. He's like, yes, I know what that show is. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's Hodor from, from the show. And now he says Hodor. And he's like, yes, I'm aware of the show. I'm aware of what Hodor says. Oh, no. And he, he just wasn't having it. Like he wasn't entertained at all. Anyway, Apple called me up to deny me once. Uh, I Hodor is still out there. If anyone's interested, it's open source. There's a commercial for it, too, that we filmed. I know. That's so sad that they never accepted it. The art was great. I mean, it was cool. Yeah. (laughs) I guess this is the podcast where we complain about the App Store experience with Apple. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think. So you fixed fixed our DNS problem. Yeah. So, yeah, and just we eventually got the app working by taking out every reference to Patreon. The problem is on our on our podcast blog, which is a complete, like basically a separate site. And in the app, we're just pulling that website up in a web view. Every post had a a link to Patreon. I totally forgot about that. So I had to just go through all six posts to take out that link. And then they, then they accepted it. They still haven't noticed that we have a link to like sell t-shirts though it's like on the same page that had the patreon link (laughs) (laughs) are we not allowed to sell t-shirts in there no we're i mean we're not allowed to say like here's our here's a link to our store where we sell shirts no we're not allowed to do that okay apple developer who we earlier asked to write (laughs) us and tell us about the experience (laughs) let's just call it even now don't write us we're good Anyway, yeah, so that was it. that was it, I think. That was the end of our DNS DNS issues. Like after 60 days the transfer happened. The the non www seems to work fine now as far as I could tell. Hearts in the right place. Uh <laughs> even though we're back on Epic, I feel like we hate every minute of it. Mm-hmm. It's a trash website. Uh the functionality's not super great and they support scumbags. So We'll we'll have to find a way off of there someday. They've always been very nice to me, though. I must say that because you know you these are people that we pay like fifteen dollars a year to. Wait, I thought it was like a hundred dollars a year or something like that. No, it's just a domain, just the registration for a do- well. Now we have email on there, so that adds it adds to it. That's a uh, five dollars oh. a month. 
I thought it was more than that. Because, like, some domains, yeah, like DreamHost, I feel like they charge you 10 bucks or something. But I thought this place was much more expensive. I'm pro- probably wrong. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you did just renew it for three years, so maybe you're right. Yeah. It is a, maybe it is I a am. premium domain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in in iOS 13, um, they added support for dark mode. And uh, Scott, do you use dark mode on your phone? I I do use dark mode. I use it on my phone and I use it at work. And I'm a little confused as to why I use it. But I will say um, it's a very popular thing right now. What do you mean you use dark it at work, mode. like on your laptop? Yeah, like uh, Slack. Slack recently released dark mode. Mm. And so I was like, sure, I'll do dark mode. So I picked it up. And I just remember the day it came out, all the nerds were just falling over themselves like, dark mode for Slack. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's cool. I mean, I thought the idea used to be it saved battery life on cell phones to be in dark mode. Mm -hmm. But is there some other... Is there some other thing? Why I'm trash talking dark mode? You're about to to hype our dark <laughs> dark mode release here. What it what is the what is the intent of dark mode? No, I mean I I don't know. I, I think dark mode could be like somewhat more soothing on your eyes. I I don't think it's worth getting excited about though, especially not at that level. I, I I've been I've been dark moding for years because I use Linux and I could just make everything dark and it's nice and easy. So. Having like hmm. dark mode on the phone, I mean, it's cool, I guess, but it's not that exciting. If I if I'm given the option, I'll use it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It is easier on the eyes. Yeah, I mean, I I use uh, what is it like a Redshift type thing on my phone where you're. I'm really into that. Where like at night on my on my computer on my e-reader on my phone at night there's a red tint to everything so it's a lot more soothing on the eyes i care a lot more about that than dark mode well that being said Mm -hmm. that being said nerds you got dark mode now yeah and or soon yeah so now that we have it in ios 13 um beth took the opportunity to update a bunch of app code and components that we use um pretty big updates although these are all things that you the end user won't really notice and but it added support for dark mode so i've been like reskinning the app to support dark mode and uh, it's nearly done it's like 99% done there's one like thing of text that isn't dark that i couldn't do myself and beth needs to step in and do and then we'll release it in the next few days and uh, you know i'm actually not we'll see how people like it cuz i didn't go the traditional like three tones of gray i went six tones of brown (laughs) so if i tend to like brown more than gray i feel like it's more soothing on your eyes really dark chocolatey browns and uh like a nice latte goes with it goes with our pinks yeah the pinks right yeah it goes well together it's a good match and uh not you know these cold steel gray like i don't know it's it's not for me uh but that said, this might be too much brown. And so uh, we'll see what people think. It's pretty easy to change. 
give us feedback once it's out. Uh, let's get a get a little inside baseball for a second. All right. The is this a user preference that's stored in the database or on the phone itself? Um, this is on the phone itself right now. This will be like the most basic way you can implement it right now, where if you change into dark mode on your phone, it uh, the app just recognizes the theme that your phone is using and. Uh, gives you a feeds you a different color based on that. The next two things we want to do is add support for Android dark mode. That'll be next, uh, but we're using like an, uh, a component that doesn't yet support that. And then after that, we want to add a new screen called settings where you can manually toggle it, toggle it. So you can have your phone in light mode, but you can have the app in dark mode. I see. I see. I think in the last podcast we announced that we made stickers and we had them and it took us it took me three months to to cut these stickers in half and put them up on this on the website and i will explain why it why it took that long i mean 90 percent of that is just me procrastinating but also it's surprisingly hard to cut stickers like because you need a straight line and so i I brought it to, brought them all to work and you know I have to cut them because I fit two on each sticker and so they need to be split in half. I think you're burying you're burying the lead here. You <laughs> cut the stickers at work? Yeah, so I brought this stack of stickers <laughs> to work and found a like what are they called? Cutting boards? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it just like, you know, those one of those things that like slices through. And, uh, the problem was I couldn't hold the sticker down while slicing because there was this like plastic film part over it. And, and no matter how hard I held that down, the sticker always shifted when I sliced through it. And so I couldn't get a straight cut from that. And I think I even tried to go to like a FedEx office and do it there. I tried scissors. I sent you some. I did scissors, but those weren't really that straight. So that is what delayed me three months. And uh, I still, I still would like to hear more <laughs> about, about you cutting it at work. Was this like at your desk? Was it in the break room? Where did this happen? Uh, where did it happen? I think I just did it kind of in the middle of the office. There's like, (laughs) there's, we have a big plotter that's against a wall so you could print posters and Uh tucked into some cubby is the cutting board and the paper cutter. And I took that out. I put it on a table and I was just, yeah, standing. There's kind of like this like little lobby area with some couches that nobody's on. And I Mm -hmm. just set them up, you know? And nobody bought nice. Yeah, they they Ryan's cutting stickers again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you mark? Did you mark your calendar as busy? <laughs> like, <laughs> how, did you, how did you get around that? No. Okay, I just, we don't have to explain. Yeah, this no, any I just yeah, it's it's free form. I I try to keep my my calendar free so people don't know what I'm doing. Um, I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, but I eventually f- resolved this by I bought an X-Acto knife from Rite Aid, and then I had a like a see-through T-square 
uh, or, you know, some sort of, it's, a, it's actually a triangular ruler shaped like a triangle. And I put that on and uh, I just held it down really hard and sliced through it with the X-Acto. And that was it. That worked. They're beautiful stickers, by the way, if you haven't seen them. They are the best stickers we have. Yeah, they're cool. Good size. So they're on the website now, uh, pinballmap.com slash store. They're a dollar each. That includes shipping. Pick one up. I mean, that seems like an okay price, right? That's pretty cheap for a sticker. That is a cheap, okay. that is a bargain price. Okay. Uh, and then what we also did, which we've talked about, here's here's the timeline for people that maybe haven't listened to every episode of this podcast. So maybe a year ago, Scott announced to the world that we should make pinball map hand sanitizers. Great idea, but like we'd actually do that. <laughs> then a friend of the show, uh, NES Jumpman, made a prototype. He just all of a sudden shipped us separately, me and you, hand san- a two two ounce bottle of hand sanitizer with a sticker on pinball map sticker on it, and then a stack of stickers on the side. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in the last episode, we said, we're going to do it. We're going to actually make these. I mean, he, he got the ball in motion and we have to follow through. So we did. I bought a box of uh, one ounce. We went down to one ounce because I thought that was, I, I like the two ounce, but I think one ounce would just fit the sticker perfectly. Put the stickers on and then now we have them, but we are giving them away only to Patreon supporters, Patreon exclusive. It's pretty cool. I mean, if I was at Shorty's <laughs> wanting to be home <laughs> and somebody came up next to me and slapped one of those down, I would feel very comfortable waiting till they were done and playing the machine they were on, knowing that I wouldn't contract whatever diseases uh, let, lay dormant on their hands. It kills disease is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it kills them in their tracks. And uh, that's what you need when you're just like rubbing your fingers on stuff in public. Yeah. You know, something you always did when you played pinball that I appreciated, you would do a full wipe down when you were done. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't a sterile wipe down. It wasn't with the disease killing goo, mm-hmm. but you would you would do all the way across the the bar and then on both buttons. So... Anyway, yeah, that's that uh, sounds it, nice to me, but that's mostly because my hands sweat a bunch, and so it's just like a courtesy to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, get the sanitizer; it's the right thing to do, yeah. or don't. It's your own life, yeah. but you're injuring other people by not <laughs> getting it. <laughs> yeah. So if you want one, support us on Patreon, and we'll send one your way. I've already sent out a bunch. A whole bunch. So we're excited to have those out in the world. And we also are throwing in stickers too. When uh, I think I've been throwing in maybe two or two or three stickers each to each person. Nice. Yeah. Plenty to spare. Stats, 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 stats. stats. So there's some stats. Let's start with our uh, our standard standard batch of stats, just showing what's happened in the last month on the map. So overall picture is that uh, there's been a, it's been active. There's been a lot of map updates. I feel like this is just the last month, not, not since we did the last podcast, but in the last month we've had mm-hmm. 227 locations submitted. Nice. Yeah, we just eclipsed uh, 7,000 locations total. It's a lot. I'm still, I, I can't help but wonder what the real 
number is. If we were to have every location accounted for, what would it be? I know. Are we ever going to get that? And, you know, on that note, um, you know the folks at Scorebit? Remember that yes. prototype that they're I, working on? I do remember. Yeah. Very exciting technology. Uh-huh. And uh, they, where was it? And It was an article in fastcompany.com, I believe. One of the Scorbit dudes mentioned that they uh, they think there's an they think there's five hundred thousand machines out in the world. That's their estimate. And hmm. granted, I'm sure a lot of those. I'm sure they're including private machines, not just publicly accessible machines. There, but that would mean that we're not even close if that was accurate. My God, think about that. I don't think 500,000 is accurate, though. I think that's way too many. So chew on that, Shots fired. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, shots fired, Scorbitt. Check your numbers. Check your numbers and get back with us. Yeah. So we've also had, in the last month, 1,100 comments about machines. Pretty good amount of comments there saying, talking about machine conditions and stuff. We've had Mm -hmm. 928 machines removed there's a lot and 1378 machines added a net positive net positive that's always a good thing uh, but I, I love when there's a lot removed as well just because it shows that the site's getting updated and last of last of this batch of stats is that we have uh 529 location confirmations mm. that seems higher than usual yeah. Yeah, that does seem higher. I wanted to complain, but I caught myself. Yeah. I'm mostly upset that you didn't let me guess. Usually let me guess. Well, I'm going to get let you guess the next stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> in total, we have 7,012 locations total. 7,012. Okay. How mm-hmm. many of those locations do you think are not in the United States? Yikes. Okay. Let me be quick here. I'll try to be quick. I'm going to guess we got about 30 in Japan. You mentioned two in Mexico. (laughs) I'm going to round that up to five. I'm going to go 35. Ireland, I'll give them five as well. Uh, That puts me at 40. I'm going to add 10 more for Europe. That puts me at 50. You said we're having a boom in Canada. Canada is a big place. Love Canada. Uh, I'm going to Add 150 to that, put me at 200. Australia's got at least 10. And I'm going to up my number to 300 because I believe that there is a bigger world outside of the United States that likes pinball probably more. Like, think about France. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking so about that's, it. Think about it. And stop thinking about it. 300, that's my answer. All right, that's low, pretty low. Uh, It's actually 831. Okay, 831. Yeah. And the majority coming from Canada, I assume? Uh, Yes, yeah. But first, that's actually going to be the next. I'm going to ask you to revise your estimate there for Canada. Um, But first, I just want to say that that's so 12% of all locations we list are not in the US. And you know, a lot of I think some of your numbers are pretty low. I think like what were they? There's just more in more in Australia than 10, you know, there's probably like 
40 or 50 listed. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair dinkum. Yeah, it is. I feel like I used to say fair dinkum as a kid, and then that just disappeared from my vocabulary. And then I started listening to podcasts based in Australia, and they started, then it, they reminded me of it. I was like, oh, yeah, I used to say that. Yeah. Bonzer. That's another good. Australia has the best slang, yes, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And it feels like okay. sometimes they're just making it up, but you still know what they're saying. Like they're making it up on the go, but you know what they mean just because yeah. of how good they yeah. are. They're good. Like make, making it up on the go would turn into like uh, Fritzel on the gobbly go or something like that. Yeah. Like they, they add wise to their word. Anyway, yeah. Australia is a great place too. <laughs> okay. So how many, now that you know there's 831, how many of those do you think are in Canada? 831 Canada I will go high and I will say 600 too high it's uh 403 so basically 50 percent okay okay that's cool yeah the big place but to, to be honest I feel like that's not truly representative of what's what <clears throat> percentage of machines outside of the US there are no, and I agree. But we've got some great people that are just like really actively editing the data in Canada, submitting locations all the time. So despite having over 6,000 in the U.S., I think Canada's coming up. Um, last one. This is not that exciting, but it's kind of a nudge to have people help us out a little more filling in data. How many locations of those 7,012 do you think are missing a location type? Mm, you know, the, this has got to be high. Yeah. This has got to be very high. <laughs> Seven twelve percentage. Do you want the number or the percentage? Uh, do percent. I think that like, I know that for a long time you were doing this by hand. Um, and I know admins pitch in and users will do this too. I think, but I still think that we've got 60% of our locations do not have types. That would be sad if it was really that, but it's only 25%. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, I think part of what helps is that basically every single new location that's been added for the last few years has a location type included in it just because of like uh, our admins are on that and our users often submit it with it. And then if any of them miss it, I always check every day to see like what's been added. And then I just kind of fill in those fields because it's so easy to fill in. 25%. I Good mean, job. Pretty significant still, but you know. Yeah, but that's not bad. Good job. Mm-hmm. All. Good job, everyone. So that's a, that's a podcast. Yeah, that's a podcast. Next time. <laughs> next time we'll maybe. I'll we'll report have, back. We'll have some interviews. I'll report uh, yeah, we definitely should we should talk to somebody more interesting than us. I'll report back with uh all the Nintendo Oh yeah. Uh yeah. pinball catalog. Don't worry about that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Wasn't there like a Mario pinball? I have a memory of Mario walking around with like a platform on top of his head. Yeah, you know, but that's more of an yeah. it's like an arcanoid thing. Yeah, that that might pinball. actually be that might actually be just the cover of pinball the regular pinball game might just have mario on the cover even though he's not really in the game it might, that's kind of my memory there i feel like the definitive video game pinball was that windows 3.1 or was that windows 95 had that pinball game mm. with it mm-hmm. 
and, and yeah, I I played the heck out of that. Yeah, I was a big anyway. I was a big fan of Sonic Spinball for a while. Oh yeah, natural fit, you know, <laughs> Sonic just kind of flying around all over the place. Yeah, and there's all these like portals that they kind of he gets scooped into and pops out. It's it is a weird. I don't know. It felt like you were on an alien planet. Like the 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 levels were really cool. We got to get out more. <laughs> we, <laughs> we we're over indexing on home video game pinball right now yeah there's a lot of new stuff out there thank you all the manufacturers for making cool games that we're gonna play yeah maybe this is the marching orders for the listeners go outside and play pinball don't be like us (laughs) (laughs) okay have a good uh have a good rest of your week ryan i'll talk to you soon you too scott bye-bye